Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what's up, everybody? Yeah, this is Taco Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla 86. He's Alex Regla at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. Alex, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing good. Like, yeah, like you said, it's an afternoon show for us. So uh, it's nice uh, to switch it up like every once in a while. Yeah, we were talking off air about how we really haven't been able to do a non-post-game podcast. I can't remember one that we did. I'm sure we might have done one or two, but it's been a while. I think the last one might have been the interview episode with Chris, right? Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Yes. and that. But besides that, like just you and I, oh man, it's probably been... I don't even know if we had this one had one this year. Yeah, I don't remember because we've actually been filling in on Mondays as well. So we've done Monday, Tuesday post game. So it's been a while, but uh, here we are. Yesterday, the Lakers uh, lost to the Jazz. They ended up going one and two in that three game homestand, which we both predicted a one and two. Mm-hmm. I don't think either, but neither of us expected Donovan Mitchell to be out and then beating. I think we both said they would beat the Celtics, right? Yeah, and they lost to the Celtics and then they they beat the Jazz one and then lost another and now they will head to Dallas and take on the Mavericks over there uh, for the next two games they are going to start a four game road trip uh, starting on Thursday at Dallas Saturday at Dallas Monday at Orlando and Wednesday at Washington but before we get to any of that let's talk about what is happening with this Lakers team and of course the biggest news coming out of Lakerland is the fact that it looks like Anthony Davis will be suited up on Thursday against the Mavericks. Yeah, I mean, uh, Frank Vogel definitely didn't rule it out. Um, and then during his pregame media call, he, he he said that AD's healthy. He's basically fully healthy. He's good to go. But the team is still wanting to make sure his conditioning level is where it needs to be, just mm-hmm. so he doesn't re-aggravate things if he's coming back too early um stuff like that and he said that they're going to be focusing on drills and stuff to to make sure his conditioning's right so if he proves that by thursday and thankfully they have some days off here in between that could help out that he's you know he's at no risk of possibly arranging things and his conditioning's up to par then it sounds like thursday may be the day and yeah, I think most of us are expecting that that's going to be made official probably on Thursday at some point that he will play. And we assume that it'll be a minutes restriction, kind of like we saw KD when he came back before he got hurt again, um, you know, maybe 20 minutes or so if he does come back. And from everything that I have read, it looks like they're just working on his conditioning and that's really it. They, he's got the, the full clearance for full on court activity. I think they announced that like a week ago and he's pretty much ready to roll. And Anthony Davis, the last time we saw him on a court, do you without even looking oh, it up? Oh man, what this, month this is how, that? That's how long ago it's been since we've seen Anthony Davis be able to play. Um, his last game on record, Valentine's Day against the Nuggets, played 14 minutes. In those 14 minutes, scored 15 points. That's how long it's been. Two months. It some it somehow feels longer. <laughs> it does feel longer because if you look at the the records, I believe I just saw it earlier today. I believe the Lakers went fourteen and fifteen with since Anthony Davis has been out. 
mm-hmm. and seven and eight since they both since they were missing both AD and LeBron. Yeah, all things considered, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah um, I have it here. Without Anthony Davis, fourteen and fifteen. Without both LeBron and Anthony Davis, seven and eight. And I remember when they both got hurt, we both said they'd be lucky to win five. Yeah, I remember we were kind of just glancing over the schedule and like who they had to play and stuff like that. And yeah, we were kind of nervous there that you know they would kind of slip a bit. But looking at the standings today, if AD does come back Thursday, and uh, there's not too much shuffling around in terms of wins and losses with the other teams. It looks like the Lakers are going to be kind of in that five spot when he comes back. And I mean, I remember when he first got hurt and LeBron first got hurt, a lot of people were worried that by this time, once they got back, or at least one of them got back, the Lakers would be maybe eighth, ninth in the West. So Mm -hmm. to still be right there in the middle and only two and a half games out of fourth, um yeah that's just remarkable yeah it really is and to think about even just two weeks ago i remember me and you talking about like yo they're in they're in in playing turn territory (laughs) and they're not really at the moment and if ad comes back then they do have a four game cushion over the mavericks who they do play uh right now like you said the lakers are in fifth uh they are eight games out of first the blazers are sixth they're 10 games out of first and then the mavericks are seventh they're 12 games out of first, and the Grizzlies are eighth. They're 13. So they have a five-game – well, they have a four-game lead over the Mavericks as they head to Dallas. And before we get to specifically what, what Anthony Davis – what his return means to the team and what it could mean to players, who gets kind of – who gets the benefit, who gets not – who gets minutes pulled from them. Um, I was taking a look at the standings today, and – I'm I was I know I'm maybe getting ahead of myself because obviously AD hasn't played in 2 months and LeBron hasn't played in a while and we don't know when he's going to be back yet. But I think the goal and the re- expectation for this team and Alex correct me if I'm wrong is Laker fans fully expect that this team's going to be back in the finals this year. It it has to be and I I'm not sure if you were going to mention like just in terms of the level of competition like just I'm not sure how much basketball you watch outside of the Lakers or kind of just like how many headlines or how much you track the other teams. But like just going into the playoffs, like if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, like do you think the West this year is tougher than it was last year? I don't think so. That's what I was getting at. I think it's not. I think when you look at – well, we're not sure what Donovan Mitchell's injury looks like. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. I haven't really seen anything recently. But – if the Jazz are in first place and they don't have, you know, Donovan Mitchell, which I expect he'll be back for the playoffs, mm-hmm. but, you know, they haven't really been there yet. And they haven't really gone deep yet. You know, they lost, I believe they lost the Nuggets last year, right? In yeah. the playoffs yeah. bubble. The Suns have never been in the playoffs. Chris Paul has never made it past any, any significant round in the playoffs himself. The Clippers is the one team. They've been playing pretty good. I think they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 I saw earlier. The Nuggets, who knows what they're going to look like because Jamal Murray's not in for mm-hmm. the rest of the year. The Blazers, I'm not worried about. I don't know why for the first time in my life. I'm just not worried. I, I just don't think they're a championship caliber team. I think they're a scary team that can, that can kind of take you to the edge in a playoff series. And the Mavericks and Grizzlies don't really worry me. I, we're, are you looking at, at it from someone that, that watches a lot more basketball outside of the Lakers than I do? 
do you look at it as a much more difficult conference than it was last year? No, I, I think I'm in the same boat as you. And I, I think the biggest reason, like you said, I think the Jamal Murray injury, uh, that drastically changes the Denver series. Because I thought Denver were, was playing really well once they got Aaron Gordon. And I thought that would be a really good matchup. Because the Den- the Nuggets, you know, although the Lakers beat him was in six games uh, in the playoffs last year, I thought that was a competitive series for the most part. I thought the the games were really tight. You know, AD hit that big buzzer beater. Um, that was a fun series, and I thought Denver could have been a tough out. I still would have picked the Lakers in that series, but now with no Jamal Murray, yeah, that drastically changes it. And like you said, with the other teams, like there's enough question marks, even with a team like Utah, who's number one in the West. Like they're obviously a really good team, and their shooting has been remarkable. But like like we've seen like the last two years with Rudy Gobert in the playoffs, like I don't know what happens exactly. Like teams just kind of target him on the perimeter or what. But mm-hmm. I I'm not afraid of Utah. I don't think like you said Portland again. You have Lillard, McCollum, great scores, but the defense there is is a big weakness. And Dallas has just been up and down all year. And then you have teams like Memphis and Golden State have just been inconsistent. So yeah, I think the Lakers. I, I think they kind of look at it like how we are and that's why they don't worry too much about seeding they're going to give guys like ad and lebron more time to to get back and be fully healthy before they come back because at the end of the day if you don't have a ton of fans in stadiums these um you know home advantages don't really matter and if the matchups aren't the greatest anyway for other teams and the lakers have to beat the nuggets in the first round i don't think they worry about that yeah, and it's interesting because when you look at the standings, there's a real possibility that the Lakers do play the Nuggets in the first round. There, there, There's a four-and-a-half game difference between the Lakers and the Clippers from third to fifth seed. The Nuggets, I don't really know. You know, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. I don't, I don't know how afloat they could stay. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's a possible matchup. I think they, the Lakers could get stuck playing the Blazers again in the first round. Two, two matchups that I'm very comfortable with them if they're stuck in four, five, or six. Yeah, I don't think there's one like outside of maybe having to play the Clippers in the first right. round, which I don't know how likely that is. But like outside, I don't of see that, the Lakers falling to sixth if AD comes back. Th- that's the only one. Like if they fall to six, then yeah, I mean that that's obviously that'd be a crazy first round uh, for both teams. Like if, the NBA would love it. Yeah, imagine if the Lakers beat the Clippers and the Clippers go out in the first round or vice versa like that'd be yeah. a lot of headlines so outside of that yeah i think a denver first round would be uh definitely welcome at this point right and that i mean we're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves but i myself was looking at the standings this earlier today i had a conversation about how i do think that the western conference is not as strong and last year i think we all were looking at the clippers as like this we're heading straight for that and then you never know you just never know when you get to the playoffs and luckily for the Lakers, besides Mark Gasol and I think Alex Caruso early in the beginning of the season, you know, they've, they've pretty much stayed away from any COVID-19 related um, time off for players. Uh, we just obviously you just saw Montrez Harrell. I think most of you get vaccinated the other day shirtless. So I'm not sure how much COVID-19 is going to take a effect into the playoffs and the scheduling. Um, but I, it, if you give me 2,000, and by the time playoffs come around, I am assuming more than 2,000 Laker fans at Staples Center, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty good advantage for for a lot of. T- I don't know what other places are going to look like. I don't know if like Utah is going to be sold out because they've had fans all year. I don't know if 
the Mavericks are going to be sold out because they're in Texas and they don't care. So it'll be interesting to see what, because it's going to be a completely different playoffs this year, obviously. You know, they're not a playoff bubble. There will be fans in attendance. It'll be interesting to see. Um, But before, I mean, as we continue to get ahead of ourselves (laughs) (laughs) on Thursday, let's say Anthony Davis does come back. Let's say Anthony Davis is is back and, and everybody, not one Laker fan is going to complain that Anthony Davis is back. I do think that I myself, and I'll ask you before we get to that, are you surprised that they actually held their word and waited until he was 100% healthy for them to come back? Um, No, I, I think with AD, like he's literally the, the franchise, the future of the franchise after that big deal he signed and after winning that championship. that It's just not worth risking bring him back five, ten games early when, like all the things you said, this year's playoffs, given the opposition, how other teams aren't looking at the strongest, they're, each of them are dealing with their own type of thing, either injury, a COVID thing, uh, uh, just a team weakness. I don't think the Lakers are really like totally afraid of other uh, opponents at this stage, which, I mean, that could be the wrong way to, to view it. But I just think that they're not going to risk bringing him back too early and jeopardize it for maybe the three seed instead of the five seed. I think the guys that that still were healthy did a did a good enough job where they never even thought about bringing him back. Mm-hmm. And I, what I mean is, if they went five and twenty four in the last twenty nine games without him, I do think there would have been a little bit more urgency to get him back on the court. Yeah, that's and a, I think, yeah. I think fourteen fifteen, they just stayed afloat enough where they're just like we're okay. You know, we're the wa- there's water on the boat, but we're not sinking at all. And I think that was the reason why they we just never even heard about rushing him back. They're just like, yeah, he'll be back when he comes back because they did a good enough job to not hit the panic button. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, um, if this team struggled like uh, some people thought they would and just couldn't win a single game and they were like in jeopardy of dropping to like 12 or something yeah. crazy, then yeah. But thankfully, this team like exceeded expectations without him and LeBron and like you said, it gave those guys valuable time to get ready and not to not to come back too early. Are you surprised that they were able to have that success without LeBron and AD? I know with without LeBron and AD, it was only uh, 15 games so far, which is a good amount of games. Don't get me wrong. But are you surprised with all the additions, with Marcus Gasol missing time, with you know various injuries here and there? Are you surprised that the Lakers were able to go 7-8 and eight without both of them? I, I, I don't think I was overly concerned when he first got hurt and LeBron got hurt that they would be unable to, like, win a few games like i know a lot of people were like man i don't know if this team could win like two games while they're out i thought they i was kind of there yeah (laughs) i just thought like with this season there's always injuries there's always covid things there's always games where stars aren't playing like so when they play a team like utah in one of those back-to-back like series games like one of those games could be without gobert uh, a, a game against Brooklyn's probably going to be without a guy like Harden or Durant. Like, there's always games that look hard on the schedule that end up being a lot easier than, like, on paper. So I thought they would do okay. I didn't think they would do this well, um, specifically on the defense. I didn't think the defense would maintain a top-four league defense uh, with those guys out. They're still in the top defense of the league, and that's credit to all those guys, like, working their asses off and stuff. So that surprised me. Yeah, I think what they what they were able to do was just increase their intensity on de- on the defensive end. Like offensively, I think they know where they're capped at without yeah. LeBron and AD, mm-hmm. but defensively, 
defense is one of those things where effort can take you a long way. And yeah, you might get into some foul trouble. You might do some dumb things from trying too hard. But I think effort can take you a long way. And I think that goes credit to the players, credit to Frank Vogel for keeping that mentality like, hey, let's let's do what we can where we can. And where can we do that? It's on the defensive end. So, And I tweeted this out the last week at some point that I think the biggest, my biggest takeaway from where the Lakers have been without LeBron and AD is their inconsistency on offense. And it's obviously not surprising when you don't have LeBron and AD, you're missing the consistent guys that are always going to be above 20 points. It's a shock when LeBron doesn't score 20 points, when AD doesn't score 20 points. And when you look at like the last like 10 to 12 games, you look at who their top scorers have been, and it's someone different every single night. THC last night, Drummond the night before, THC before that, Kuzma, Schroeder, Drummond, KCP, uh, THC, Harrell, Kuzma, Harrell, Schroeder. You know, so it's somebody different every single night. And that's fine that people are stepping up, but it's the consistent scorer is always what they've been missing. And that is where I'm looking at AD. If AD comes back and once he's off minute restrictions, I'm expecting when I look at the top scorer line, Davis, 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 Davis. I expect AD to be the top guy when he comes back. Yeah, it's funny because I, I was thinking about the same thing. I was trying to figure out. Like, when AD gets back, which side of the floor is he going to be, like, like more missed? And I think I, I think it has been the offense, not the defense. Like you said, like, the defense has been there even with AD out. And obviously, AD is not going to sink the defense. He's only going to make it better. But I think they have missed that singular post guy or singular guy in the mid post who can just get you, like, 25 points a game, like, on a consistent basis. And that's his job. And I think... AD's that and I, I am going to be really interested to watch how he plays without LeBron because he's going to have I'm not sure when LeBron's going to be back I know he's doing light work is the, la- the latest update we got from Frank Vogel so I'm not sure what that means in terms of his timetable but just to watch AD with these guys alone I want to see how he kind of if he kind of taps into that like Pelicans type AD when he literally was the offense or if it's going to be more of a balanced type effort yeah, because I don't know how many games AD has played without LeBron. Do you? No, I mean, the only, like, real... Maybe it's got to be, like, one or two. Yeah, because the only real examples of it is, like, when they would stagger their minutes in the playoffs or in the regular season where, like, AD was with Rondo and then LeBron was in a separate lineup and then they would yeah. just close together. Um, but to see it for a full game is going to be really interesting. Because I'm pretty sure LeBron played every single game last year. And I don't know if he missed any games this year while AD was healthy. Um, but I'm trying to think, really, of a, a game that AD played where LeBron didn't. I can't think of one. But if they if there are out there, they're very minimal. So that would be very interesting to see. But when you talk about Anthony Davis and where he was missed the most, yeah, I think the answer now is obvious because the defense has been able to keep up. I, are they still ranked number one in the league? Yeah, too? they're still number one. Yeah. yeah. So when you think about it, when you're looking at hey, we need some we need some points because how many times have you watched the Lakers with in these last 15 games where they just can't freaking score? It, it, it's it they they like started a game the other day like 0 for nine mm-hmm. and then they go eight for 12 from three and it's like how does that make sense? This team is that's the inconsistent the lack of a true score. I think now when AD is fully back with auto minutes restriction, they're like okay, we need some points. You just give the ball to Anthony Davis and let him do his thing. That's gonna be, that has been so missed. Yeah. So like so, with that said, like, is there a player 
or two or someone that you think is really going to be impacted most by him being able to come in and kind of shoulder a lot of more of that offensive responsibility? Do you think someone's going to benefit more from him being out there? Would it surprise you if I say Drummond? Drummond? Oh, that's, I didn't think you were going to say that. Why Drummond? Drummond because I didn't think that there's not a, there isn't very many teams. I'm assuming Drummond will still start at the five. And I'm, yes. I'm assuming yeah. AD will be at the four. Yeah. And then now we're going into last year where there's not many teams that have guys that can match up with that. And AD is going to take the better defender at that size away from Drummond. And we've seen that Drummond is able to score 15, 20, 27 points with the Lakers. Uh, you know, we've seen that he can still score. So if AD's pulling size out with him, mm. or unless the size stays in with Drummond, then, then AD's going to benefit because he's going to have a smaller man on him. And if not, then Drummond's going to benefit because he'll have a smaller man on him on the inside. That, no, that's I, a great point. And I think also Drummond... Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think of Drummond, but now that you mentioned it, I think he also AD being back also just kind of takes the ball out of Drummond's hand, and he's not kind of put in these really tough spots where he has to kind of create his own offense because that's when things get sloppy. Like, mm-hmm. he'll, he's not the best dribbler. Like, I know he likes to dribble and stuff, but once he puts the ball on the floor, usually turnovers happen or the defense collapses and stuff. So maybe if he's put in a more simplified role, like a JaVale McGee, where he was just kind of the beneficiary of, like, defenses collapsing on AD or LeBron and he would be the lob guy or just like the dunker spot guy where he just catches and dunks. Maybe that just makes the game a lot easier for Drummond, who, again, is still trying to learn a new system and is kind of really put in a tough spot here. Yeah. Um, I, I like I, – I'm very curious to see what that's going to look like. Um, I guess um, Schroeder. That's who might, I was thinking. Yeah, he's going to benefit, obviously, right? I, I think Dennis just because he doesn't have to do everything uh, anymore. Like he – Credit to him. I think he's been fantastic. Like the last five, six games, especially in that that first Utah game down the stretch and in overtime, I, I think he's really done a great job limiting his turnovers. That was a big issue for him, and I think he's done a lot better job in the pick and roll. So hopefully, if he can carry that over, like his poise and his composure and that the the growth as a passer and stuff, hopefully that carries over with a guy like AD because. Like, we only saw about, like, 15 games of the Dennis Schroeder AD kind of pick-and-roll kind of tandem. So I want to see how that looks more for, like, a, a good 10 games or so before the playoffs. I, I also think this is just a blanket statement. I think everyone on the roster will benefit from the lack of pressure of, I have to score for <laughs> I think that's just a general obvious answer uh, for you. Um, guys that press, that they know they have to press because – where else are the shots going to come from? I thought something that was really surprising when you take a look at numbers is uh, Kuzma, who is not necessarily taking more shots. I mean, he is. In the last two months, he's taking 14.7 and 13.1. But his points haven't really all haven't gone up too much. So I wonder if he'll stop. Because he has games where he's like, damn, Kuzma's he's great tonight. And there's games where he's just like awful. So I wonder if there's if he just inside feels this added pressure. And of course, remember he was the one yesterday that said uh, Anthony Davis better freaking play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I I think Kuzma's looking forward to that. You know, it's funny because uh, we were talking about the players who would benefit most. Like a guy like Kuz, he's going to lose his starting spot if once AD comes back, right? Like he's right back to the bench. So it was kind of cool to see him make that comment because he's making that comment 
with the knowledge that that's going to be less minutes for him, less shots for him, back to the bench. So that does kind of show some growth from a, like a Kuz mindset, right? Like he's not, he, he doesn't, he, he wants what's best for the team, not really what's best for him. But um, besides Kuz, obviously, if he's not starting, is there another guy or, or pieces or players or kind of tendencies you've seen that are going to get changed once AD's back? Well, here's something to, to keep an eye out. When AD went out, it was AD, Gasol, mm-hmm. and Trez. Now when AD comes back, now you're adding AD, and then you have Drummond as well. So you kind of have four big men all of a sudden, right? Yeah. So what's that going to look like? Because <laughs> Gasol is missing games just like – Am I missing something? Did he just play on Monday because Vogel said you're not playing on uh, Monday? Or? He won't remember against Boston. He like fractured his finger when he charged. Yeah. He dove for yeah, the ball. Yeah, he like dislocated it and popped it back in. Yeah, so that yesterday Vogel said that he was available to play, but it would only be like an emergency situation, like if someone got hurt because he's oh, like, still... Hey, we need a spark? Like yeah, I, I, I think, <laughs> again, like they might be using that as a crutch like maybe obviously he's hurt so. like you don't fracture your finger and you're good to go in a day a day or two but i think vogel's also using that as a as not an excuse but as a reason to not play him um but yeah that again that just gets even magnified more when you have another guy like ad coming in and a guy like Gasol might just be out of the rotation completely just completely out of the rotation yeah i think that that that's what i'm assuming um i know andre offensively has been hit or miss so far i think he's still kind of getting used to everything but if you're gonna ask me i think i'd much rather have drummond getting minutes than gasol but that's no surprise to you if you listen to this podcast like it was funny like again i know we're we're trying to focus on ad but i thought yesterday was a good example of why a guy like gasol would have been a little more helpful against utah like just to pull gobert out of the paint Mm -hmm. but if you have a guy like ad then obviously he does that he does that he does that so um, yeah, like the drum and AD combos, super interesting. I, another guy who I think might get impacted, who I thought has done really well in his absence is Markeith Morris. Uh, he started a lot of games since AD's been, been out and he's obviously going to keep playing, but he's just not going to be starting anymore. So hopefully that doesn't completely mess with his rhythm because I remember at the start of the year, Markeith didn't look great. Like he was another guy who was like, whoa, what's up with Markeith? Like, is he fatigued from the long, you know, the playoff run and stuff, short off season. But then he really, really turned it on once they kind of needed someone to. So hopefully the guys who've been playing well don't kind of, not discouraged, but they don't kind of lose the confidence that they've been playing with. Because even though they're not scoring or, you know, making baskets when they need them to, they they have kind of taken on this responsibility and they've done well with it. So I hope they kind of just carry over that confidence they've they've kind of earned during this time. Um, so I know that you haven't written anything for the throwdowns, but you did have a long or did you? So so I, I, I'm currently in the process. Very right, exciting. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. So uh, I am gonna be it's been over two months. I checked today. Uh, so I will write something and it'll be out and it's gonna be on THT. Who's exactly where I was going. Okay, cool. Yeah, so you had this long Twitter thread this morning about THT and how impressed you've been. So can you just like preview what you're going to write? Yeah, mostly I I think THT, again, another guy during this absence has just really kind of come into his own. And it's still remarkable for a guy who's 20 years old, like to be a rotation player 
and a trusted one on a, on a championship level team. Uh, that doesn't happen. That's really rare. Like usually rookies and second year players on championship reigning championship teams just don't play. Like they're mm-hmm. end of the bench guys. They're practice guys only. They're they're kind of like guys like Kaycock and Costas who just kind of come in during garbage time. But Tht has been starting. He's been one of their leading scorers, like you mentioned. Like he had a career high in points yesterday. Um, he just continues to impress, and I just kind of want to kind of like break down exactly how he does what he does and what makes him so interesting. Yeah, Tht is uh, is he's just an exciting. I, I would say we can use consider him a prospect. He, oh, like, like if you're going to use a baseball term, isn't he still kind of? So a this prospect? is the thing. So I I used um, a, a site called Cleaning the Glass, and I filtered it like a stat just to see how he ranks among other prospects. Because again, this is technically his first year. He's played 59 regular season games. Exactly. So I just put him um, in a list like 19 to 21 year olds in the NBA. And there are only 13 um, that come up within a certain like minutes played filter. So yeah, he's definitely like a top 13 prospect, I would say. Yeah, it's be very interesting to see how uh, how they're going to use him. Because remember last year he did. I think he played in the Rockets series uh, again. Yeah, just for like yeah. a few minutes here and there. But that just doesn't happen. Like <laughs> you don't play a rookie out of nowhere in, in a playoff series. So yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I'm very looking for, very much looking forward to you writing again on the throwdowns. And if you want to subscribe to that, I did see you tweet out how you could do that. So go to Alex's Twitter at Alex M Regla on Twitter, and go ahead and subscribe to the throwdowns there. And if you want some tweets from me, I'm at Alex Padilla 86, and that's where you can catch us there. Of course, all your Laker news can be found at SilverScreenAndRoll.com. And you're listening to Taco Tuesday, a Silver Screen and Roll podcast where you can subscribe on any audio podcast platform. Hook us up with the uh, subscribe rating. Do whatever you guys got to do there. Alex, let's wrap this up the way we do every single week with a little guess mm-hmm. of what we think the Lakers are going to do. They will play three more times until we come on again at Dallas, at Dallas, at Orlando. What do you think? So three games, Dallas, Dallas, Orlando. I think they go two and one. And I think AD definitely returns at some point. I, I know we're thinking Thursday, but I wouldn't be shocked. I think Thursday. Okay, I wouldn't be shocked if it, they wait till Saturday. But uh, I, I think he'll play definitely in one of those games, and they win two out of three. What about you? I'm going to say two out of three, and I think AD will be minutes restricted mm-hmm. on Thursday and go full go Saturday and Monday. And he will be the top scorer Saturday and Monday. They're going to go two and one. They'll definitely beat the Magic. That for sure. They got to win that one. So I'm looking at it now. I know before we wrap up. So Thursday, after Thursday, they'll have 13 or 14 games left in the season. So AD will get at least a nice little warm up before the playoffs i do hope lebron comes back with at least four or five games left i I think lebron i think lebron's gonna be back in may in may okay i I don't know why i think that he i think they're okay this is gonna sound stupid but lebron having ad on the bench with him during games is almost like comforting Mm -hmm. but once ad gets back on the court and lebron's in there by himself even dudley i saw was working out the other day if lebron's the only non-guy playing 
He's going to speed it up. He'll be back by May. That's my prediction. Okay, so say he comes back May 2nd. That means he'll get about seven games in or so for the playoffs. You think that's mm-hmm. that's enough? For LeBron, yes. Okay. Anthony Davis is the one that I'm keeping an eye on because it's this calf Achilles area, and that is a little, to me, a little longer lasting because you don't really know what that Achilles mm-hmm. As far as LeBron goes, I think they're just being smart. Like, wait out this high ankle sprain. Just wait it out. And I think he'll be good to go once he comes back. Cool. Yeah, I mean, again, thankfully AD's good to go. They get us about 10 games. Hopefully LeBron gets about 5 to 7. So, yeah, all things considered, uh, good good, uh, good little stretch here for the Lakers. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, we'll see what happens by the time we come back on. Uh, Alex, this has been uh, very fun to look ahead, and hopefully everything we just talked about comes to fruition, <laughs> and Anthony Davis does come back and does play, and and then we'll see what this team actually looks like with him back. So, uh, Alex, pleasure as always, man. We will talk to you next week. Great, man. Thank you.